This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 51 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, reaching out to horses. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips at a price you can afford. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. And also Easy Signs Online, the number one farm sign company in the United States. Order online at easysignsonline.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop cause it's time again for stable scoop. Stable scoop. Stable scoop. Stable scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, Helena. Hello, Glenn. How are you today? I'm great. You know, we're in the middle of thunderstorms here again in Kentucky, which is a pretty common occurrence, but it seems to happen most severely when you and I try and record <laughs> I shows. I know. I was looking at the uh, the radar, and the whole country is clear skies, but there's little this little bright red patch right over Lexington, yeah, exactly. Kentucky. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to the, uh, the Midwest, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what we have coming up on today's show, and then I have a couple of things I just have to talk to you about. Okay. Well, what we have planned for today's show are two authors. Um, well, they're, they're actually two authors that contributed to a great book called Horse as Teacher, The Path to Authenticity. That's a tough one. Horse as Teacher, The Path to Authenticity. Um, so the, the book is sort of, well, it's about horses, obviously, and how they have the capacity to teach us, meaning people, key life lessons, and to experience this higher level of connection um, and communication between horses and humans, um, the book illustrates how humans have to accept the horse as a partner and be open and willing to receive their wisdom. So it's it's kind of a compilation book. Yeah, you um, know what was neat about it is there were 10 uh, professional women who actually wrote the book. Right. Uh, together, and we have two of them on today, and, and they really told their stories uh, about how horses transformed their lives. Right. So I think it's going to be kind of neat having them on today. Well, actually, one of those women um, is she's actually an extraordinary woman. Her name is Anna Twinney, and um, Anna's an internationally respected horsewoman. She's a clinician, a coach, a trainer, and interestingly, an animal communicator. She does clinics all over the world. She teaches classes and training sessions from Australia to England and Germany and, of course, throughout the U.S. Uh, So Anna is going to talk to us about her experiences and um, what she contributed to this book. And the second person that we're talking to today is Lisa D. Now, Lisa's the creator of something called the Equist Process. She has a ranch called Vista Caballo, and um, what she does there is it's an experiential center. So she works with... um, it's de- she focuses on self-awareness and the development of human potential and personal growth with horses. So we're going to talk with Lisa about her work um, in the Equist process. Pretty cool stuff. 
Great. Yes. Well, yeah. you know, I'm a little, you know me, I'm a little skeptical about the whole animal communicator thing. So well, I'm gonna... but you, you know what's nice about these two two guests and the whole animal communicator thing is it, they sort of branch or bridge the gap between science and super science or super nature and the supernatural. You know, the whole how, I don't know. I, I'm I'm science-based. I, I have my philosophies firmly entrenched in science, but I also kind of want to go out on this animal communicator limb and say, what's there? What's out there? Right. And that's why we're having them on today. We've never done a show in the whole year we've been doing this on, on this topic. And I, you know, I'm open to talk and I've talked to Anna before. And that's one of the reasons she's on is, is I really liked her. You know, she, she's, she's a really smart individual and, and, you know, you just get the impression that she knows what she's doing when it comes to horses. And I do believe there are, are people that can communicate with horses better than other people. Yeah. Um, you know, that just have the, the the talent i don't know if it's the talent it's the the you know the god the god-given ability to to really communicate with animals um and i just i do think that 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 those people exist and some are better than others obviously so it's there's different levels of communication too you know there's right there's 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 just body language and nonverbal communication and then there's this something that's a little more far-reaching which is this sort of nonverbal or non-body language communication, which a lot of people have a hard time believing in. But Anna is so sharp and so normal, for lack of a better word, that you, you can't help but open your mind to the possibility that we can really dig a little bit deeper into the thought processes of our, our horses. And you know what? If people, if you end up at the end of the show and you're still not believing it, then at least you, you gave it an, uh, a shot by listening. We gave it a shot by putting it out there. You know, we, we do these shows, all the different shows that we do. You know, I do that horse tips show also. And, you know, some people might say, well, that tip was a little weird. Well, that and that's okay. You know, we, we put this, we put it out there and you can decide what's for you or not. But, you know, it's, it's you know, we're here to bring it to you. That's right. Uh, so, and speaking about bringing things to you, next year's our one-year anniversary show. Yay! Next well, year? You mean next, I mean, next week? Next week. Yeah, sorry about <laughs> that. Next say, year will be our two-year like anniversary day show. This is like Groundhog Day, we keep doing the same year over and over that's again. It, that's it. That's a Groundhog Day. So next week is our one-year anniversary show. We have some fun things planned. It's just going to be you and I next week, for the fir- I think, for the first show. I th- we may have done one other show that we didn't have a guest, but I can't even remember what it was. We'll have to look yeah. that up. But it'll be next week. It'll be you and I, and I'm going to put some clips together from previous shows. We had a lot of people call in, and I wanted to remind everybody, if you're a listener and you would like to uh, place a call to our voicemail line and be on next week's show, we'll put your voicemail on. Tell us what, what show you like the best. Uh, which guests did you like the best? What would you like to hear some more of? Uh, we'd love to hear from you on our one-year anniversary show. You can go to stablescoop.com and click the contact link at the top of the page, and you'll find the voicemail number there, or the yeah, the voicemail line. Just give us a call and leave a voicemail or send us an email at geeks, G-E-E-K-S, at horseradionetwork.com, and let us know how you enjoyed the first year. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. And we got uh, a number of calls already, so we'll be playing some of those next week. And you and I will just be reminiscing and listening to a little some clips here and there and just having fun. We need some anniversary music, too. I know. I need to come up with something good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but also there's something else that's back, and that's the giveaways. Um, we had taken a break there in July for the giveaways because I was redesigning how we were going to do the giveaways on the network. And mm-hmm. now instead of having a different giveaway for each show, because there's so many shows now, it was getting so hard people had to sign up on, at each website. You know, they Oh, could, that's right. So you consolidated. Yeah, I consolidated it, and it's one giveaway for the Horse Radio Network now. And we're giving away a number of items each month, but you only have to go to one place to sign up, and you have a chance at winning any of those items. So for this month, for the month of August, you can sign up. It's free, it's quick, and it's easy. And at the end of the month, we just pick names off the list, and we give good stuff away. And we've had a lot of winners here over the last year, uh, a lot of grateful people. People. But so for this month, we have some great stuff from Equestrian Collections, our good sponsor here on Stable Scoop. They've donated two $50 gift certificates. As you know, Equestrian Collections brings a whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips at a price you can afford. And you can visit them at equestriancollections.com. So that's two gift certificates, $50 each, and we'll be giving both of those away. You can buy whatever you want. From Kentucky Performance Products, another great sponsor on the network, they have a 75-day supply of joint armor, scientifically-based formula that provides your horse with the building blocks necessary to maintain healthy joints throughout his lifetime. For more information, you can find out about joint armor at kppusa.com. And from KBC Horse Supplies, another great sponsor, they have donated one of their very nice triple-stitch leather halters with a custom nameplate. Oh, I've are, seen those halters. Yeah, these are the same ones they sell to all the famous race barns around here in Lexington. So there's been some very famous racehorses that have worn their halters. These are beautiful halters. Yep, yep. And, and that's why you know they're one of the largest sellers of, of leather halters on the East Coast because they sell to all of the race barns around here. And, you know, they are a local Lexington company with a worldwide reach. You can visit them at kbchorsesupplies.com. So we have four great things for you this month. All you have to do is go to stablescoop.com and click on the giveaway banner on the right side of the page. And we'll choose the winners at the end of the month. So sign up to win today. It's free and it's easy. So no problem there. It should be... uh, should be a lot of fun to see who, if it's easier for people now to sign up, and and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who wins at the end of the month. Yeah, I have to tell you a, a funny story that we had given away one of these halters before on the 2010 radio show, and the lady who won it was so excited. She actually took the halter and put it on her horse and then took pictures and then took it off her horse because she didn't want to get it dirty. <laughs> yeah. And then she took it, sent the pictures to us, and she said, I'm only going to use it on very special occasions because it's so beautiful. I don't want to get it dirty. And I Aww. guess she hung it up by the stall. And so she was so excited to get it. Um, and and uh, we've had numerous stories like that of, of the winners of various stuff uh, throughout the year. <laughs> so it's good. You know, I'm really looking forward to next week, Alina. It's going to be fun to just sit down with you, and I'm going to put a couple little surprises together for you so that I'm not even telling you about. They better be good surprises. <laughs> I don't like surprises <laughs> unless they have unless they sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to be right back here with Anna right after these few words about Equestrian Collections. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. On any given day, they have over $100 million worth of products for you to choose from. And now, they've begun to get in their fall clothing line, including some great stuff from Horseware. We all know that Horseware makes really great quality stuff. And they do carry both men and women's apparel. Nobody's left out. And don't forget to check out the new line of Wintech saddles that sets a new standard in fit, comfort, and performance. 
all of it available at Equestrian Collections. So visit Equestrian Collections at equestriancollections.com. They put the whole world of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford. Well, Helena, we have coming up with us next Anna Twinney, an internationally respected natural horsemanship clinician, animal communicator, and Reiki master. Anna has been featured on television, writes for national and international magazines, and is the creator of Reach Out to Natural Horsemanship DVD series. Formerly the Monty Roberts Learning Center's head instructor, Anna teaches people how to create genuine, trust-based partnerships with their horses. Let's say hello to Anna. Great. Well, hi, Anna, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Good morning, Glenn. How are you, and how's Helena? Oh, we're both well. Yeah, we're both doing good <laughs> well, here. I can't really say much for Glenn. Are you okay today, Glenn? Yeah, I'm fine, actually. I'm doing good. I was a busy day. This has been a busy uh, time here in Lexington with everything going on around the world, equestrian games and the Kentucky Horse Park, so I've just been more tired than usual. That's all. Um, mm. But, uh, Anna, let me, let's talk about you, not us. Um, <laughs> that's why we got us, you on right? here. It's that's always right. About always us. about us. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been talking to you what seems like forever. Um, yeah, it does. It's, it does seem like several months. Maybe it's, maybe it's us, Glenn. Maybe I know. It's relationship. Maybe you know, it's just life now. The older I get, the faster it goes. I don't know what your excuse is because you're not very old at all. But uh, no, but it feels like it when it, when you're just getting six or seven hours sleep a night, and you say, "Okay, I can sleep another time," but the other time never comes. Life does seem to be like a whirlwind, and you you have to take that moment to slow down occasionally. Well, you know, you you uh, we did your introduction, and you have this long list, uh, which Helena just got worn out saying. Uh, <laughs> you know, respected horsewoman, clinician, coach, certified animal communicator, and healer, and blah 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 blah. What what should what does everybody need to know about you first? Gosh, what do they need to know? You know, if I have to describe who I am, I, w- I would say that I'm a compassionate individual and that I try my best to walk in each person's moccasins because you just never know what they've been through. And so when I actually come to teach the horsemanship piece, it's taking everybody on the value that they present on the day, not just the horses, but the people too, to realize that the environment's safe for them to be themselves mm-hmm. and to realize that we all started someplace. I do think that there's no such thing as a problem horse, that um, most things have been created by mankind, and yet at the same time, the compassion and the understanding, the, the gratitude to be around them, and the non-judgmental state is truly what I pride myself on. So that's what they'd need to know is the fact that I continue studying and I realize that life is one one big journey, and as you so very well know it's not about the destination but truly it is how how you live your life throughout that duration and for me it's about learning different aspects and with the horsemanship you never stop learning just when you think you've mastered one piece another facet comes into your life and you have to or you want to and you embrace that next piece so I continue to learn and I continue to incorporate new things into my methods and have tons and tons of fun with it Glenn I've just come back from spending two and a half weeks in New York and Connecticut. And what that means for me, I did two fundraising events. So one was um, at the Ray of Light in Connecticut and one was in Nugatuck. One's for Therapeutic Riding Center to prepare staff and get things up and running. And the other was for 130 animals they have there. And mm. so we did an open day. Now that 
mixed in with the fact that I did private barns, dressage barn, hunter-jumper barn, just keeps you on your toes because it's from horsemanship through to animal communication or the other way around, whichever way you want to see it. So every day brings a new facet. Now, incorporating all elements, when you're saying that there's the energy healing and the animal communication, it is all one. It's all communication, in fact. And so the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. But the more you learn, you also realize it's one and the same. Because the energy healing piece and incorporating energy, how you approach a horse, um, it's not, is their language. It's the horse's language. So it's a vital piece to incorporate into horsemanship. So when you... To I just can add how to absorb and um, project the energy. So although it might sound a little woo-woo on times for people to say, oh, energy, but truly it's the horse reading you and they know their language better than we know. And it's well, us that, learning the energy. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm like so excited. Yeah, I'm Helena's listening to bursting you. at the scenes here. I really I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, break this down. So when you were in New York and Connecticut, you were there and you were, you were doing a lot of things, but one of those was um, giving a clinic, yeah? Yes. Okay. So when you break down what your clinic, so it involves all these wonderful things, give us a breakdown of how it actually works from, you know, when the clinic starts in the morning to when you wrap up in the afternoon, I'm guessing. Okay, perfect. I can give you the particular clinic we did. I did a two-day natural horsemanship clinic, and the first day focuses on the language of the horse. And we, we concentrate on an obstacle course at Liberty. So for those that have seen the DVDs out, it's DVD number two. And I say that because it encapsulates the day really, really well. We start off with a nonverbal communication exercise, which is a really cool exercise for people to get thrown into communication and realize that only 7% of communication is verbal for human beings too. So they get to practice and become aware of their body language. And the awareness is a huge piece because as soon as you're in the vision of a horse, you are communicating with them. So every interaction you have is some kind of training, training being communication. And so the exercise allows them to realize, one, pay attention to your other person that you're teamed up with, because if you're not looking at them, you're not going to hear what they're saying through their gestures. And so that means the same with horses. If we're not paying attention to them more on a cell phone, we're not going to see the intricacies of the language. And vice versa, if you're not aware of how you're approaching, they will see you not necessarily, but they will certainly see your true colors, your authentic being, which means that how you carry yourself, the horses can read your agenda, they can read your thoughts, your inner feelings, your beliefs, your limitations. They know all of that even before you know that yourself. So the day starts off with the nonverbal communication leading into the obstacle course at Liberty. And the obstacle course is designed with about five or six different items in their obstacles like a plastic tarp or chairs, poles, jumps, box, mattress, whatever feels right on the day. The horses are free and the communication begins here. People learn how to move horses around an obstacle course through energy, through visualization, through movements, through the language of the horse. But at the same time, they also learn some team building because often I'll team them up with a second person. I'll basically say to possibly a husband and wife team, you know, the wife is our number one person. Husband takes second place at this point, and so he seeks her guidance, and she's using that arena as her classroom to guide the horse through with the assistance from her hubby. So then you also begin to see the communication between the two. 
Hmm. How does she approach that? How does he approach it? How do they hear it? Do they have a game plan? Because a lot of this will involve visualization, which will mean you need to visualize. So you need to have a plan. You need to have an agenda and an intent. Because if the intent isn't there, you don't know what you're doing. You're kind of meandering around that obstacle course. So these are some facets that they learn about. For the horses, it's, it's mind-blowing. You're seeing how they learn, how they approach the obstacle. Do they want you to stay out of their way when they're about to perform? Do they want your guidance? Are they seeking your confidence? Do they just want to perform and show you what they can do? So you really get to read the personalities like no other item that you'll see. It's, it's so cool because you put them in and it's a 50-50 relationship at this point in time. And it's 50-50. Between, between the horse and the, ride, and the horse and yeah, the, the person? And, and the horse okay. on the ground. Exactly, yep. because you have your own body. That's it. That's all you have. And maybe you have a soft line, but you don't have a whip, which often carries an implied intent with it. Implied intent meaning the horses know what to expect. So it's truly one-on-one. -on -one. It's you with them. And if you're lacking assertiveness, that's going to come through. If you're overconfident, that's going to come through. If you're unsure about your goal, that's really going to shine through because if would, we can't see it as spectators, the horse is never going to know what it is. Would you say that there are, I mean, you've already just, you just mentioned three. Would you say that um, the participants in your clinic uh, fall into certain categories such as overconfident, underconfident, um, you know, A, B, C, D? What types of categories do do people fall you into? You know, it's kind of tons of them because what will happen is say that there's a horse standing at, at the gate for example and the horse is basically letting us know I'd prefer to be out there with the other horses and here immediately we're seeing that the bond is questionable between the two parties because if they're choosing the horses are they truly choosing us because when we're with them we're looking for that partnership of two so we're a herd of two so now if the person's saying I'd love for you to move off of that area let's explore this ground together and the horse says no what's going to happen so the question is literally what is going to happen will the person persevere will they give up will they be committed and dedicated to the request will they get frustrated angry so here's all these personalities that will shine through at this point so and that's the key the horse will stand there and watch and say do you mean it or do you truly are you truly saying you'd like for me to stay and I'm reading your heart instead? Now, if I don't move, where will you take this? A horse that's been abused might actually say, bring it on. You know what? I'm going to rear up now. Bring it on. How far are you going to take this conversation? Where will you take it? Prove to me that whatever I do, you're not going to harm me. And I've seen that multiple times where you can say, okay, we're not going to put fuel to the fire. Watch this. In fact, I'm going to walk away when you do this. Now what's going to happen? And that's one big question there, Helena, because with horsemanship, if the horse challenges you, you don't generally walk away. And there's times not to. There's times to stand your ground, but there's other times to say, you know what, I'm just going to stand here. What you do with your energy, what you do with your thoughts is your, your decision. I will be here. When you come back down all four feet on the ground, then we'll readdress what we were looking at a moment ago. But at no time am I going to raise my hand to you. At no time am I going to whip you for this. How can so, I know, how, as, yeah. a, um, as a participant here, how do I know um, whether or not the horse is challenging me because he's testing 
um, his faith in me or testing me as a leader yeah. versus his his natural personality is to be challenging. How do I know when I need to stand my ground and give him what he needs, which is a firm boundary versus yes. um, whatever? How do I know what it is he needs? Is this just good, him naturally? Question. If I'm there, I'll do that for you. So I'll read the horse on your behalf. And that's kind of the skill is is the fact that I've studied this for 12 years with the wild horses and then with all kinds of performance horses around the world. So I get that chance to walk in an arena never never having met these individuals before and having to assess them in minutes to know what kind of move is this. Now in, in Maui, I was there a few years ago, and this little cute little pony, paint pony, uh, was in the arena, and the woman asked for him to leave, and he, he reared. And so I took over, I immediately asked her to step back and I took over and I, in effect, in his world would have challenged him because I used the line on my body, not on his, just making noise, whereas becoming more and more assertive. And so he challenged it and he, he stayed on his hind feet, came down, he's looking. And this is a guy that's not really put a foot wrong. How I interpreted this was to say that they'd never actually told him to do anything. They'd never asked him to do anything he didn't want to do. So his response was, when you're telling me at this point, now I have a choice, I have a freedom of choice here, I can do anything I want, I do not want to move, so I'm going to rear. What I'm telling you is, you've never asked me to do anything before. Well, when we got through that in less than three minutes, <laughs> it was beautiful. And he, he was like putty in your fingers, just smoothly moved with us, everything was fine. But what it had said was she'd back down in the past. Ah. And so the backing down had caused a horse that would sink in his hoofs and say, you know what, I'm not moving from this place. Now, other times it will look different um, and they, they may come square on. So you put all the body language together, a horse square on with eyes on eyes, um, with his ears kind of intensely on you, you may not do that with them. You may actually say, all right, let's look for a different way to go ahead with it. Somebody else, as they're moving forward, they're looking at you to say, can we finish now? And they might circle around you saying, can we finish? And you'll gently ask. And for me, it's this thing of really going through different phases of asking and evaluating ourselves. Did we demand it? Did we tell them? Did we use dominance? Or did we ask? And the asking process would go from thought, so from visualization, which is thought, capturing their thought too, but also capturing our thoughts and formulating it, then bringing up the energy. And that means bringing up life from within. So if you're looking for a horse to move, as you advance, they retreat. If you're meandering, they're going to meander. Maybe right. they'll talk you into meandering. So then you bring up life in your feet. The next one will be the body language. If you can envision kind of an apex that you're taking it up to whatever's needed on the body language, might be an open hand, shoulders really square, advancing forward with speed, maybe using the line a little, the last one's the line. So the aid's actually the last cue. So if somebody walks in there, and coming back to that question you initially had, they walk in there, they see the horse standing at the gate, they give it their all in one to three seconds where they're using the line, they're stomping their feet, they're jumping up and down, they're trying to get this horse to move. This horse is going to watch that energy dissipating. Yep. They're going to say, at what time will you get tired? Because I'll just <laughs> wait it out. <laughs> well, then you, you look at your approach and had they maybe come in with just the thought, gently moving up and actually asking instead of demanding, right. that individual may have moved. So you always want to look at that as well.
and see what's going on. But I'm a strong believer that there's about 28 personalities in horses. I think if you then look at the breeds, you look at their environment where they've been brought up, you're going to get tons of personalities. Well, hmm. just... Dominant mare, you know, lead mare, you've got the stallion, you've got the clown, you've got the chaperone, chaperone you've got the surrogate mother. There's all these personalities in them, and the obstacle course allows us to see who they are. It, it really highlights it. So if you're questioning now, which personality do I have at home, that's kind of the key because the training will differ a little bit. Right. Why do you? I have to come back to this, and I already know the yeah. answer to this question. Um, it, it's probably harder to, to deal with the humans than the horses in your clinics, isn't it? It's kind of, um, it's kind of fun to shape the, the people in the clinics. And I'll tell you, it, it's, it's just mind-blowing to see them go when, when they overcome a fear or overcome that obstacle, and you can empower them. And so at this particular clinic in Connecticut, I did have a horse. She was there. I call them last chances because they're often given that last chance. And she was there for it, and the girl had been emailing me prior. And this horse had been handed over four times in one year to different people, and she came on the clinic, and the first thing I do is put them in the obstacle course that I get to read the person, get to read the horse. And I could see the girl was concerned about going in with her horse. And she told a little story, and she'd said that her mare had slipped over backwards numerous times. From her perception, there was no cause. Mm -hmm. So who knows what the cause was. But she was nervous, and I said, it looks to me that you've really lost all your confidence in yourself and your mare. And then she started crying. She hadn't even gone in the arena. And it's heartbreaking that she'd been given numerous trainers that had said, do this, do that with your horse, and they never came back. Mm. They didn't come back because they would have been nervous, I think, because this bear's fairly, fairly hot, hot in a way where she could go from zero to ten in in a few seconds and that came out in the obstacle course she was proud her tail was up and she was running when she'd been asked to do something (laughs) but what she wasn't doing she wasn't fully in her body and that's quite an esoteric term but she was very much in her head and she wasn't aware of where her feet were which also presents a degree of danger and that's what came out in the obstacle course was her pride was there but she was not focusing on the obstacles so she what she did was she took the plastic the tarp and because she was so in her head she failed to see the jump and she virtually ran into it and last minute she ran out and it really showed us that she's not concentrating enough um but it also makes it a little more dangerous right yeah those and are the then, ones yeah yeah the thing is there's no body awareness plus she's she's cantering at a speed at this point with her head in the the air so you can imagine if you're on her back there's not much preservation going on right so that was the challenge but it, it went more the more if you did put pressure on her she'd it fry her mind and so the obstacle course really showed it what i ended up doing was breaking it down into tiny steps and i said to the girl what can you do and let's break it down and i said why don't you move her from one letter to another and she did and it was awesome for her to see see i can move my horse and if I can move my horse, if I'm in control of the speed and direction, I'm making an impact with her. And the impact is that I'm becoming the leader naturally, but not through fear, not through dominance. I'm naturally leading her from behind where I'm driving her, and I'm moving her feet so that she can learn to trust me 
that I'm taking care of her needs. And I tell you, in less than half an hour, we had her going over every <laughs> obstacle, and this girl was beaming. And I, I, I mean, I'm emotional now, but I was in tears then going, see, are you learning about her? Are you learning that she can do this? And these are the basics you need to know about her before you sit on her back. Yeah, and did so, she? What did this do for her her confidence level? How how quickly did it rise, and did it build upon itself as the day went through went by? It, it was huge. It was huge, Elena, because the biggest thing is all her friends had said, "Give up on the man, sell her." And in our opinion, if they had, she could have gone in a bad home or even slaughtered. Because four homes in a year really tells you that people didn't know how to handle her. So by the end of day one. She knew her horse wasn't a bad horse. It was a misunderstood individual that if we get the character down, if we can understand the character and we can train her. And the obstacle course means that she can learn on her own pace. So the horse isn't pressured in any way. She goes through chairs, you know, so you're teaching them about pressure and alleyways. She goes over plastic, so you're teaching her depth perception and feel. She was doing all these things by herself, so the horse was gaining confidence which, in a way, that mare was masking it. You know, her head mm. out there like, was masking because she truly didn't know who she was. And yet, at the same time, her, her guardian was also gaining the confidence to understand, see, if my horse can do the obstacle course in a walk and a trot in less than an hour, she's not stupid mm. and she's not dangerous. So that gave her the language. She could learn about the language and learn, if I learn my horse's language, I can talk to her in this way. So within the second day, second day kind of changed, and we did um, all in hand, relaxation exercise of head drops and, and massaging the gums and the eyes and the ears, which would send a lot of horses to sleep because of the endorphins. So learning that, yes, that mare could relax. I know it puts me a, to sleep every time. <laughs> just hearing it, right? <laughs> but it was a thing of allowing the mare to relax in the presence of a human, and also then for the a girl to realize my mare can relax and then we did the neck yields and they're all trust building exercises disengaging the hind end um single line yielding so yielding left and right which led up to the issue she was there because it took two people to saddle her and they couldn't get a saddle on and she'd flipped over when they tried to saddle her and so i ended up doing a little saddling demo and very gradually showing her the saddle pad, putting it on and off, leading her around, letting her touch it, lower her head to the saddle pad, putting the saddle on and off. And in less than 30 minutes, I could saddle, put the saddle on. I didn't cinch it up um, on my own with her head down, which she'd never been able to do. So hmm. huge improvement. Now, just to put encapsulate this a little so everybody understands there are multiple things going on with the mare it certainly won't be finished it's just the beginning but out of the sessions that i read her and got to know her you could see that there had been a starting issue with the saddle because she was concerned with it but it was anticipation of the saddle so there had been a starting under saddle issue there had been a, a training issue where the adrenaline had come up and ultimately also the saddle didn't fit it was um really not good for her, just kind of perched on the back. Mm. So there were many aspects that built up to this horse saying, I cannot let you come near me with the saddle, and I will spin, and I will run, and I will potentially rear if need be. Um, but that's the story, and the story got uncovered in two days, so a two-day clinic, and in, in my belief system, I truly believe she was given all the tools to go on the right path now. 
Well, it, it got you uncovered know? because somebody bothered to really listen. Yeah, it's just gorgeous for her to realize she has what it takes. And let's look at the big picture here. This mayor has found her, and here she is learning, the mayor's learning, and the girl's on a whole new natural horsemanship path. Maybe she would have never been on it had it not been for this mayor. You know, now, when, when you sent her home, yeah. you gave her, I'm sure you gave her a collection of exercises and things that she could do. Did she feel like, okay, I, I can do this. If I take these baby steps, we can build, we can continue building on what we did here with Anna? Yeah, she felt all of what you're saying. She did, in fact, get the DVD series, which will truly help her because there was the language on the horse on that and a, and a good reminder of the clinic. Um, I also advised her not to use the saddle. and. I do believe it was it hurting her and she was pain and pain will show up in many different ways. So I think not only was there the memory of starting, but the saddle too, there were two facets there. And also I was able to hand her over to um, one of my student instructors who lives in the area and connect the two of them and say, look, here is somebody that won't give up on both of you. She, right. she will stay the course. And so here's your support system and here's the network here on the East Coast for you. Well, that's so, great. You know, It was really cool. We, we you need to call us with an update when this girl gets gets back on track. I need to I need to know that they're going to be fine. Uh, exactly. You think you're compassionate and passionate? Alina's got you beat. I mean, she no, just no 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 no. We, but it's just nice to because they're so. I mean, I myself, it's this confidence issue. Am you know? Is it the confidence issue that comes from you, the human being, or does it come from your fear of? I, I think. Fear is a funny thing when it comes to horses. Some people are afraid of their horses. Some people are afraid of themselves. Some people have fear from just other parts of their lives. And um, it erodes your confidence. And so it's not even like you need to get in these clinics and read your the horses and read the students. But it's, I guess... Um, you know you, what, uh, Anna, before you answer that, okay, <laughs> I think we should get, that's a perfect transition, actually, to get Lisa on here. Because oh, right, that really is getting into, as I understand it, what she also deals with. Yeah, uh, Lisa deals with wonderful aspects of the horse mirroring also, so that individuals can find their true self, you know, their right. authentic self. Can, can you tell us a little bit about Lisa? Can you almost do a little bit of an introduction for us and tell us? We never got to the book. We've been talking about all this other stuff. Um, no. So This is the way our show goes. I we know. Just, see, I'm sorry, Glenn. That's I get okay. so no, that's okay. with it. Um, I'm like drooling over here. <laughs> I wish Anna was sitting right next to me. I'd pour a cup of coffee and tell her to put her feet up and keep talking. All right. So it's Horse as a Teacher, The Path to Authenticity. Tell us just a little bit about the book. Yeah, the the book is really cool, and um, it's eye-capturing, the, the front cover, because Tony Stromberg did the cover, and it's a horse's eye in sepia, which I love. And ten, ten people came together, and it's a wonderful group of women that have written their stories, and they're, the majority of them are their personal paths of how the horses have helped them on their personal path to where they are today. Now, a number of the women have got an equine-facilitated learning background where they're, they're utilizing and working with the horses as teachers to help people, be it for counseling purposes, life purposes, soul contract purposes, um, could be for marriage guidance, etc., leadership. And I also do that in a different kind of way. So my chapter is on the natural horsemanship piece and also animal communication. And... 
for any true horseman and woman, you are using the horse as a mirror because it, it is your intention that's behind it. Now, the horse's energy field is approximately 10 times larger than the human being. So as soon as you're in their energy field, that's when they're feeling your intention, your agenda. And so with horsemanship in general, you're always looking at yourself to see how did I approach this? Did I act like I have all day? Did I, was I on a time limit? Am I keeping it simple? Because simple is the best way to go. Are the horses understanding? So the book is also based on my particular chapter, I can tell you that, had um, involved a horse in Europe and how he taught me things. Not only was he in class, it was a natural horsemanship class with his person, but over a whole year, different things happened with that family. And I saw them again on a second clinic, and it was teaching me things. And it was teaching, I'll tell you, I'm giving the story away, but it was teaching this thing of, does anything truly matter as long <laughs> as we've got the connection? It, it was mind-blowing. Here he was on a clinic learning to move his feet and do the direction and the respect and the understanding. And this horse had already given all of that naturally. And I was questioning, I was questioning at the clinic, could I give the couple any more that they needed? Because the path is already perfect and it's working really well and they're dancing together. Hmm. And it was beautiful. He, the, the guy, he ended up saying, you know, Anna, we, we did just want to dance and you did give me what we needed because the environment had been created for them to be there together. But it's just awesome. It's awesome to constantly look at yourself and say, where are we coming from here? Are we creating a place of safety for them? And ultimately, that's what I wanted to do in Connecticut, was to keep that safety between the two so that the mare felt safe, but also the girl felt safe, the woman. It's this joint com the combination. So many people seem to think that love alone is enough. And you get that, especially in the healing world, animal communication world, etc. that if I love them, then they won't hurt me. Right. And yet, you know, these are horses, and, and it's not for you personally. If they buck you off or kick you, it's not that they don't love you. You still need that mutual understanding and that mutual respect. And so you do need the boundaries because that's their world. Right. They, well, I think they, well, they live. They live with boundaries. I mean, that's yeah. you know, in, in, yeah. in the wild, we keep forgetting that that they need that. They need that alpha. I mean, yeah. That's the one of the most important. Th they survive. If they didn't have that, none of them would survive. Precisely, none of them would be here. And it's and I ask people on the clinic too, what's the greatest quality in a leader? You know, what are the horses looking for in their leader? And you might be thinking of the answer now, and so many people will come back with different words, and I may hear words like strength, conviction, determination. I may even hear dominance, right? All these words. And then I'll say, keep coming, keep coming with it. And somebody will come up with awareness. And awareness is the key. You know, one of the best leaders that, that leads down, if he's aware of what's happening around him, he protects well, his Well, and family. that's his job. I mean, that's exactly. right. Well, that's... And, and the mayor. I mean, they also say yeah. you aren't... All right, guys, you... we have to get Lisa on here. Sorry. <laughs> Let's add Lisa going. to the conversation here. And this is Lisa D., and she is also a co-author of the book, uh, Horse as a Teacher, The Path to Authenticity with Horses. I just don't want her to think that we're not calling her today. So mm. uh, yeah. let's, let's add let's add her here and see if we can get her on. Now you two have met you you. Yeah. I have okay. I have met Lisa in Boulder, Colorado, 
And I'm going to meet Lisa, Lisa many, many more times yet. Okay. And she's a, she's a wonderful individual. Bio. Hello, is Lisa there? This is Lisa. Hey, Lisa, you've got uh, <laughs> Anna, Glenn, and Helena on with you. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hey, we're sorry hey, we're a little Lisa. late, but we couldn't get Anna to stop talking. Oh. It was awful. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a super. <laughs> is. <laughs> well, well, Lisa, at least what she has, at least what she has to say is usually. Well, quite that's what the problem was. It was so interesting we couldn't yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I have that same issue with her. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know this was going to be a pick on Anna session, did you, Anna? No, I didn't, but I, I can take it. I have broad shoulders. Okay. <laughs> well, Lisa, welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. We are actually on right now, and we are so happy to have you. We just talked a little bit about the book, uh, Horses a Teacher, The Path to Authenticity with Horses. And we know that you're one of the co-authors, and, and we've been spending quite a bit of time here talking about... <laughs> really uh, understanding and communicating with, with your horse. Um, and, and I understand that's where, what, where did you go with your chapter in the book? Uh, on quite a ride, I can say. And thank you for, for having me on the show and stuff like that. Where did I go with my horse? I went to, uh, my, to, to the heart space. That's, that's the best descriptive for it, you know, and, and, you know, Glenn, I have to share with you, you know, I, I didn't, I mean, my brother had a horse when we were growing up, but I, you know, I didn't really grow up with horses. I didn't have my walls, you know, plastered with pictures of horses. This was uh, a completely unexpected um, but incredibly powerful connection that changed my life. I didn't realize the wonder of what living in the heart space could bring. And that's really where I went with my horse. And did horses bring you to that space, or, or were you? Did you find them after you found that space? No, I. If I had found that space, I, I, I probably would not have found the horses. No, I, I was, I was definitely not in that space. I was very much locked in my head space, and uh, that worked for, uh, you know, quite some time and, until it, my head started burning out, and then it caused burnout in the rest of my body. And, uh, no, it was completely, you know, excuse my language, but sort of ass backwards, you know, backed into it, fell into it, tripped over it, uh, you know, landed right smack in the middle of it, found myself in the middle of Colorado, uh, learning at the Pirelli International Study Center, because I, like I said, didn't really know anything about horses, and... And now I understand I didn't at the time what was happening is literally, you know, my, my heart flew open. I mean, on a, on a physiological level, I understand that, you know, the, the neurons from, from the heart sort of opened up and connected with the emotional center in my brain. Um, but at the time, I didn't know that. It just felt wonderful. It felt like I became alive again, and I didn't even realize how, how unalive I had been living. I had... I basically being existing not living and what was your turning point what was at what point where were you what were you doing when your eyes opened when your heart when everything just opened where were you and what was happening i was literally in the middle of a a field it was with horses um i didn't you know i didn't I, I, i didn't understand it it wasn't something that i cognitively made the decision about i just started feeling again. I, I didn't even know that I wasn't feeling. 
and and it felt funny. It felt strange. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I started understanding what was happening. Uh, they are such feeling creatures that 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 was the only way that from you know my my perspective anyway that they will connect with you is when you are present and feeling whatever your feelings are are okay with them they don't have any judgment about that i mean i I mean look my feelings were were grief and sadness for for a long time and they were totally okay with it that's they sat with it while i cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and now i get to experience a lot of joy with them and they're way okay with that too I'm sorry, wow. I just went to your website and the music came on and I had <laughs> that's and I'm, heard I, I'm just absorbing everything. I can feel this. I can, I mean, I rem- sometimes when I'm in a field or it, it, it hits you at certain times and it, I think this whole experience of becoming aware of yourself and I, I don't know, there's just no words that you can put to it sometimes, but it, it keeps happening. It's not like it happens just once. It's, right. it's like it, it keeps happening. And so I think... For for those of us who like to work with horses on the ground as much as on their back, um, how do you how do you keep seeking out these these connections and these moments? I I don't seek anymore, thank goodness. You know, I, I was quite a a, a, a quester, um, but I was I was seeking and what, what's that song? I was searching for love in all the wrong places, <laughs> um, and now it just comes to me. You know, love just comes, and and I don't mean to sound flip about that, um, but it really, as you say, it's it's a process that deepens and unfolds. And you know, I've had moments where I said, okay, that's it. Now I've really gotten there, and and that's it's fantastic, and it can't possibly get any better than this. And then it does, and um, it's. That's the beauty. That's why I have such a passion about introducing people to, to the work and the land and the horses. Because, gosh, it's it's actually so simple. And this word, authenticity, it's being you know tossed around um, quite a bit right now. And I'm just wondering if people really use the word feel. And I really appreciate it because it is quite challenging sometimes to have words articulate the feel of real. Well, and I think really part, real. I think part of that is because some of them have just been plain overused and yeah. and have lost their meaning. You know. Yes, I uh, agree. I have a question for both of you. I'm going to take it a little bit different direction here. Um, do you feel that what what's the can you get the same the same kind of love and and feeling? We'll use that word. The same kind of love and feeling from other animals like dogs or cats or that kind of thing, or horses truly unique and why? You see, you want to go first? Uh, I'll, <laughs> I was going to be polite and defer to you, but of course I'm chomping. <laughs> I'm, no pun intended, but I'm so chomping at the bit for that answer. <laughs> uh, um, Glenn, it's it's a it's a brilliant question and one I've been asked before, uh, and my answer continues to uh, to evolve and strengthen, but uh, I feel like horses are a great lead into this. One, because they are, um, they are present. They are so present. I'm not saying that other animals aren't, but there is something about the combination of their power and their sensitivity. That combination that they own and that they are in balance with 
is what makes it such a profound impact. I mean, just the sheer size of them, that alone, even on an energetic level, you feel it different. Do I feel love from, you know, my dogs and my cats and my chickens and my geese and, you know, sure. But horses, they have a bit of discernment about it, I find. You have to show up first. Well, and I think, too, doesn't it have something to do with the fact that that it requires a ton more? You're riding them. I mean, you know, in my case, I'd be driving them. But in, in either case, it just requires so much more trust. I mean, you have you build up a trust. I'm, I'm saying that as my greyhound's laying right beside me. Um, but you build up, you know, the, a, a ton of trust with your animals, but not in the way that you do with a horse that you're riding or driving or whatever, you know, whatever you're doing with it. Yeah, and I think you kind of nailed it there, Glenn, because a lot of this will be the trust piece that you don't necessarily need with other animals, i.e. you can put a, a lead on a dog, and yes, of course, you want the trust, but ultimately, if it's a chihuahua, you could probably pull that around the streets without the trust, right? I'm not saying it's desirable, but with a horse, you're really not going to do that. You you put them in in the carriage, um, if you haven't got the trust, you, you've got a pending disaster there. So in order to move forward in a relationship with a horse, you're required to have a degree of trust. Now, I also appreciate that some of them get broken and the trust isn't there. But if we're coming from the beginning and you're, you're having the invitation on the horse's back and you're looking for that partnership that we are looking for, that will be the feel that everybody's talking about. And instead of going against the muscle, you're working with the animal's mind and you're, you're dancing. At this point, you're fluid. You're moving forward. Now, that dance can really only be achieved with that respect, understanding, and leadership and, and the trust in there. So all of it requires it to get that true relationship where you could probably over, um, not see it, misread it with smaller animals. So that could go by the by maybe, where it may not go by the by with a horse because they're so powerful. That makes yeah. a lot of sense, yeah. And the, yeah. the, the common denominator is before you, – you have to understand – you have to communicate with the animal first. So you have to listen. You have to listen to your horse. You have to listen to your cat. You have to listen to your dog before, you you know, you have to hear them before you can start to talk to them and communicate with them. And you, before you can build a relationship, you have to communicate. So there's this, this um, cascade of, of relationship building that needs to happen. Yeah. Sorry. Something just also struck me, and it's brand new, so I'm just going to toss it out on the table here. You know, if you you talk about dogs and cats, right, which are most people have, you know, some sort of relationship to them. That's the more normal pet relationship. I'm just wondering if there's not something in the fact that those are categorized like humans as predators, whereas a horse is categorized as a prey animal, and I'm just wondering if if that's not part of why they ask you to show up first and that that's what changes the dynamic and makes it feel different than than a dog and a cat yeah yeah, yet in a way, I, I, with dogs anyway, they still also they do have something in common with the horse in that they travel in packs and look to a leader yeah mm-hmm. um, so, so they have that in common too uh, it's interesting. 
So well, the you dogs know, I always are want... naturally loyal, so dogs are looking for that loyalty. And you can you can see dogs that will be with a man or a woman no matter what because of a loyal loyalty right. aspect. Right. You won't get that with a horse. That's true. <laughs> you know, they're going to stand at the other side That's of the corral true. or the other side of the fence. <laughs> they're not going to give you that unconditional loyalty that many many dogs will do. Okay, I got two more questions here, and yeah. well, the first one, I'm just my ADD's kicking in, so uh, forgive me. Um, our listeners are used to that, though. Yeah, uh, keep the spice so, of life, by the way. <laughs> so you talk about, you know, and we we actually introduced you, Anna, as an animal communicator. And I think that that description has really gotten a bum rap, to be honest with you. Mm. You know, I think that, you know, uh, when many people think of animal communicators, they picture the person who comes out and reads the animal's mind and puts the hand on like Spock and tells you what they had for breakfast last night and that kind of thing. Um, and I don't think that's where you go with this. What, you, what you're talking about with animal communication is just what we talked about before in your seminar. It's, it's huge, and the animal communication will vary. So there's a degree of animal communication, and I do believe that we're all doing some parts of it, be it that we're watching body language or really connected with animals that we do see visions, etc. All right, but do you believe that the person can call on the telephone and tell me that uh, my horse's back hurts uh, from 300 miles away? I do, because that's what I do, Glenn. <laughs> okay. All right, but then yes. the skeptic in me says... Convince me that that's real. Yeah, so what happens is somebody will send a picture, and the photo's really something you can focus on so that you're going to the right animal. Let's imagine that you've named an animal um, Benji. There's going to be a million Benjis out there, but if they send the photo and it allows you to connect to the true Benji. But let me tell you, when I was in New York last week, I was at a top dressage barn employed as an animal communicator and then also one of the top um, show jumping barns. So the world is open to this. this. This isn't just a matter of does Fido enjoy the pink collar and... It, um, does Lena like to ride this direction? People are asking huge questions, and the huge questions might even be, if it's a show jumping barn, can you help me with the lead change? And he's not getting the flying lead change. And I'll tell you, the information that comes back has really improved me as a rider because they're breaking down the lead change from the horse's standpoint, which will come through in visions and pictures to let me know exactly where the confusion lies. So we're looking at behavioral issues here. We're looking at, um, in, in that case, it was a lead change. It might be that somebody's scared of a whip and where's this come from? It could be a dog not liking a thunderstorm and the noise. Can we overcome that? Maybe a dog's leaving home why is he leaving home so there's an awful lot of investigative work going on so it, the information will come but you've also got to explore how's the relationship at home how does the saddle fit is the horse bucking because of the saddle fitting back ache is it a rider error teeth error that you've got to float the teeth um, is it exuberant or feed so there's an awful lot of areas to be able to look into to realize where is this coming from Okay, but, uh, but but I think what you've just done there, yeah. okay, yeah. is is it goes back to our very first uh, conversation today, is yeah. you asked the, you just asked the questions. I would ask the questions to the animal, not the person. So the person will say to me, "My horse is bucking. Can you figure out why?" And the communication will be directly with the animal, be it long distance from New Zealand to Colorado. 
uh, albeit in their presence. Now, one way to explore it would be natural horsemanship and break it down. Another way is to go directly to the source, which is the animal, and communicate with them through the visions, which is the telepathy portion. So there's two ways to do this. Now, if my particular client isn't into animal communication, I'm not going to do that because it needs the consent from the legal guardian as well as from the animal. But if, generally speaking, my clients will be drawn to me for a reason and they're open to that. So there's, there's several ways to go about it. But the telepathy is, is mind-blowing. And how you come to understand that it's real is because you, I won't know anything about your animal. So for me to begin to remote view and tell you what the barn looks like or your home looks like and the special activities and the relationship will be so unique that, that you cannot get that information from anywhere else. So the instant validations will confirm to you this is real, this is happening. It's, it's not just generic. Now, if an animal com communicator comes back with very generic information of they like the dog food, Fair enough that you'll be skeptical about that. But if they start to explain, I actually like the fish oil that goes into that food, but what I am missing is this that's not in my food, then you've got enough to, um, information to realize that there's no way that person could know that. But I, I tell you what, my greyhound would lie to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the animals don't actually lie. They might have a great sense of humor. Uh, and um, it might I'm be convinced she would lie to you. But it's so funny. I've never known them to really be dishonest. They might be a little vague on their age. I have some of that. But that kind so, of comes from us, right? So, uh, Anna, can, yeah. can you, I'm sorry, can you, um, you're saying that having a picture definitely helps you focus. But yeah. if I, if, if I asked you to try and answer one question for me on behalf of my horse, would, would that be a possibility? Yeah, I can do it, but I, I would want the picture and I want the address. Okay. And that's the biggest thing is, yes, you can do it without them, but to ensure that you want to get to the right individual, that's the key for me. And then I also request that they're minimum of an hour sessions, and the reason being, there's a good reason for it, I open the sessions up connecting with the individuals. They're going to describe themselves either physically or their location personality. So first, that's the first thing they do. And the reason you do that is to make sure that the animal that you're looking to communicate with comes through and not a different one. one. Not a different one or not even a one that's deceased, which happened last week too. I was asked to talk to a horse and her deceased dog wanted 15 minutes. So you want to make sure that you give that room <laughs> for whoever wants to come in at that time. And then you're, you're this channel. So at this point, you're not channeling, but you are a channel for them. So you're, you're being the messenger. So then I allow them to talk about whatever they want to talk about. And that might be five or 40 minutes. So then after that, we begin to look at the questions and pass on messages. And it takes a little bit longer because I, I don't want to cut them off and I never want them to think they're a party piece. It's very important to me that they have got this place of safety to communicate and realize that they, they are being heard. And, and kind of there's a little welcome letter that I send out. And in that welcome letter, people can see the methods and the style. And one of the questions is, do you, do you want to hear everything about your animal? Because it's possible that they're going to get very, very personal, very personal. And so the person on the other end needs to realize that. I'll, get, I'll give you an example. Um, a racehorse in Louisiana. They're asking, why isn't he winning? He comes back with his training program, which is at home. So he shows me the location. He shows me the training track. And he says to me, I never get beyond 
a work encounter. Um, so when I'm being ponied, I'm ponying at this speed. I never breathe, I never extend, I'm never working out. So this is what they need to change. Well, he started saying this, and, and he was being ponied with a mule. So he never had a rider on his back. So he's saying, look, I need a rider on my back. I need to, if I'm going to be ponied, I need to go beyond 25 miles per hour. I need to be able to compare myself with other horses. So once a week, I want to go on a thinner trailer ride somewhere else. And he's giving this wish list, right? So this, none of this I could have known as a, as a pe- person here in Colorado when he's in Louisiana. And so they're expecting, can you just tell him to win? He's coming back with, hang on, people, we need to change the whole load of training. And if you don't change that, of course I'm not going to win because I'm not physically fit. I don't have the muscles in my rump to s- sustain the race. So that's one example to let you know that you never know what they're going to come back with. (laughs) He was blaming them. He was clearly saying, this is not my fault. You need to do half a dozen things. And that probably describes most of the relationships out there. It's it's easy to do that. It's hard to blame yourself. I've got a very, very clear um, example of this. And, And again, this comes from someone... You know, who I didn't know anything about animal communication. If you guys want to hear it, it takes just a short time, but it will illustrate the, the exactly what Anna is saying. Um, you know, when when I had you know my gelding, and uh, they contacted me in New York, and they said there's something terribly wrong with this horse. He's rearing up. His feet are against the barn wall. He's freaking mm-hmm. out. We have to put him down. And I said, What are you talking about? You know, what's wrong with him? We don't know. He's got a broken neck. He's got rabies he's got this he's that and i said that's insane um and my girlfriend said to me well why don't you contact an animal communicator and i laughed out loud (laughs) and i said well like dr doolittle and she said no not like dr doolittle like you know and she said all right if you want to call dr doolittle go ahead and i was so desperate i said fine out of desperation not out of belief and let me tell you, this woman who I did not know got on the phone. I, I felt my horse, felt it, so I knew she had the right horse. I, mm-hmm. I can't describe it except that way. And she said, now the horse was up at, at CSU, very good mm-hmm. veterinary school, yes. And she said the pain is under his right front leg. Now, she's not a vet. Right? She said she didn't make any sense to her, but she said that's where it is. I contacted the vet on the other line. I said, what's under his front right leg? They said, that's his stomach, but it's got nothing to do with that. This is neurological. I said, well, mm-hmm. is there some way to check? They said, yes, there's this thing called a scope. They stuck the scope down his nose into his stomach. Wouldn't you know that he had bleeding ulcers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ouch. There's a for real example. Ouch. And here's the beauty of this next. So then I had to give him, I had to give him medicine for the next, you know, umpteen weeks. He's a pretty tall horse, and so what would happen is I would go out there with the syringe full of meds and molasses, and I managed to squirt it all over myself and the roof of the barn, and didn't get any <laughs> into him. So I contacted this, you know, animal communicator person. And I said, okay, well, maybe that was just a fluke. You know, we'll try it again, however, because I'm sort of in trouble here, again, out of desperation. And she got on the phone, the same thing, explained to the horse this is going to help his stomach. 
I am not kidding you, and this is before the days where everyone walked around with flip cameras, but had I had one, I would have videotaped it, because the next morning I went into the barn, he lowered his head, he turned his head, he opened his mouth, he did it for six weeks for me. <laughs> well, on That's that awesome. Note, on that <laughs> note, guys, we're going to have to we're going to have to cut it off here because we just plain ran out of time. Actually, we ran out of time about fifteen minutes ago, but uh, I think we were enjoying this so much that uh, I, we, would you come back, both of you, sometime? We'd love to come back. We, we'd love to come back and actually talk about the book, Glenn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we didn't even get to that yet. But hey, I'll tell you what, Anna. Tell us. Tell everybody where they can find out more about you. You actually do a podcast and all kinds of things. Tell we, them. We do fun things. They can yeah. find all of that on your website, though, right? Yes, they certainly can. It's reachouttohorses.com. And, um, yeah, they can see the, anything, all the classes, the book, the DVDs, the podcast, all of that. And um, it would be wonderful for them to join. We've got a little membership, too. And, yeah, and it's great to hear from them. And Lisa? How about you? Uh, people can contact me at lisa at vistacabayo.com or go to our little landing page at www.vistacabayo. Uh, all right, great. Well, and of course, they, where can they buy the book? That's what we've talked about, and it's called uh, "Horse as a Teacher: The Path to Authenticity." Perfect. And, and they they can get it at either one of our websites. I'm, okay. I'm thinking you, they can get it off of yours, Lisa. Is that right? Well, they can probably yet. get it off of yours easier, and I think that's for it. We're too nice. You can all right. So, so go to uh, reachouttohorses.com uh, to buy yeah. the book as well. Yeah, All right, perfect. great, guys. Uh, hang on here for a second, but uh, we do appreciate you being on with us, and thank you so much. This has been an interesting hour, actually, we've spent on here. It doesn't seem like that, but it has. Um, and I know, uh, Helena, that, uh, you know, we try and do a lot of shows that are fun, but this just proves that we can do a serious show, too. <laughs> well, we were serious, were we? <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. So I'm personally excited about the potential or the opportunities that that might be there to talk to my horse. I know it sounds silly, but what what did you think? I'm a little bit of a, an optimist. What did you think, Glenn? You're coming from the other side of the uh, the spectrum. Well, I, certainly the way they present it makes it sound less kooky, you know, um, because it does. You know, sometimes the whole animal communication over the phone thing sounds a little kooky. Yeah, and I think that certainly you know they came across as not kooky at all, but intelligent and educated and true horse people. And I think that makes a world of difference. Whether I still have some skepticism, yeah, I probably do. Um, and probably always will on, on this particular topic. But, you know, I think it's even more important that we presented it and we got it out there. I love, you know, I love talking to Anna. I've talked to her before. And she's fun to talk to and is is very intelligent. And Lisa as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it, it is what it is, and and you can uh, the listeners can make up their minds on on what they believe and don't believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I tell my daughter when she asks me if fairies are real. I say, just because you can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that I agree with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that I do agree with. So. Well, we did get an email uh, here that I wanted to share with everybody. This was from Tiffany. She says, you guys rock. Really, I can't wait for each new show to come out. I've learned so much because of Stable Scoop. My thirst for horse knowledge is still somewhat new, and this is my resource, my go-to for variety. It has led me down trails I might not have been exposed to otherwise. I truly appreciate what you do and hope to someday have a topic of conversation 
uh, or a product, whatever, to offer the Stable Scoop audience. Keep up the great work, Tiffany. Well, we appreciate oh, that, Tiffany. I love it when emails start out with you guys rock. I know. <laughs> There's no better way for an email to start. I just can't hear that enough. <laughs> well, we're glad she learned so much. You know, today I think we all learned a little bit, too. And we've certainly had 51 episodes of learning here. And, you know, nobody learns more than you and I do. Yes, this is true. You know, we're right here. We get, and the fun part for us is we get to ask the questions we want to hear the answers to. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's our show. It's our show. That's but right. We do a fair amount of homework beforehand. So, you know, a lot of the learning goes on behind the scenes as well. Right. Correct. Well, you can uh, be sure to listen next week as we do have the anniversary show. We've been talking about the whole episode, so we'll be here next week. Take a look for that. Again, if you would like to call and leave a voicemail and be on next week's show, give us a call at 270-803-0025. And you can find the show notes for today's show and all the links out to Anna and Lisa and their websites at stablescoop.com. Well, we'd also like to thank our sponsors, EasySignsOnline.com and EquestrianCollections.com. Well, Helena, until we meet again next week in our anniversary episode. Ooh, we are going to be back with a serious scoop next week. <laughs>